Welcome to the City Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. As a community of faith, we are passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus. Know what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Let's pray. Father, we've come together and we have opened your word, and we are looking forward to your spirit in illuminating that word, that we may not only understand what it means, but that we may also know what our responsibility then is with your help, by your spirit, by Christ living in us, what is our responsibility, what we are to do with the truths of this passage. And your word is given to us, first of all, to introduce us to Jesus Christ, who is our only hope of salvation. And then your word is also there to explain to us everything that Christ means and everything that he is and everything that he is to us and in us. And we admit right from the outset that we, in our own efforts, would be completely unable to put into practice this passage. We need your help. We need your help, first of all, to understand it, but then also to live it. And I'm asking you to transform our thinking, transform our way of living, glorify yourself in us through this passage now in these next few moments. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't think that you like to suffer. Anybody here like to, Please don't raise your hand. If you raise your hand, I'll be, I'll be concerned, okay? Most of us do not like to suffer, but sometimes we choose to suffer, don't we? We choose to suffer when the thing that we're suffering for is greater and more important to us than our suffering itself. Necessity makes us suffer. Sometimes it's necessary to suffer. We choose to suffer when what that suffering will accomplish is greater than the suffering itself. For example, I'm grateful for soldiers who've gone to battle and have fought for the freedoms that we enjoy. Um, perhaps you've had some relatives find a fight in one of the world wars or some other war. And to them, the cause of our freedom and everything that we enjoy in this country was more important and was greater than their own comfort or their own safety than their very lives. I don't know if any of you are athletic. Perhaps you've practiced a sport and you put yourself through the training, and you put yourself through the pain and through the suffering, because perhaps to you and to your team, the trophy or the cup or the medal was more valuable than the suffering itself. Perhaps some of you have started a business. When you start a business, there's a measure of suffering. People who start businesses sometimes will go through a sleepless night, or perhaps will go to bed late, or perhaps will go with very uh, significant financial sacrifices to get that business off the ground. Because to you, getting that business is more important than your actual personal comfort at that moment. Now, missions works the same way. To get the gospel to the world follows the same principle. One of the great missionaries of the 20th century was a lady named Gladys Aylward. Gladys Aylward went to China as a missionary around the time of the Second World War. She died, I believe, in 1970. And when Aylward arrived in Xi'an in China, um, she started looking after some children, and they were very mistreated. Um, They were malnourished. 
They were in all kinds of danger, and she crossed a mountain range with these children to bring them to safety. Finally, she got to safety with these kids, and her health had been affected, her well-being, her finances. And when she was there, a particular man came to visit her, and his name was Colonel Lennon. Colonel Lennon was a man who loved Gladys Elbert. He wanted to marry her. And quite, quite honest, uh, she wanted to marry him too. And he asked, Colonel Lindman asked her, do you want to marry me? And she thought about it. And she said no. Because even though she loved him, she knew that if the children of China were going to be reached for Christ, she was going to have to say no to some things she could have said yes to. She was going to have to put on herself a measure of sacrifice and a measure of suffering for the cause of the gospel. Before we get into our own suffering, though, we need to understand something. As the musicians and as we sang together about it this morning, as they reminded us in the music, you know, Christ suffered. Christ was crucified. Christ was put in a grave. Christ rose from the dead, but he suffered because to Christ, your salvation and my salvation was more important than his suffering. For us to get to go to heaven, to have our sins forgiven, to Jesus, that was a bigger deal than his own suffering. Every slash of the whip that Jesus suffered. Every millimeter of tear in his skull from the crown of thorns. Every pound of weight of that cross. Every clanging of the hammer on the spike in his hand. All of that and more. Every moment of thirst, of humiliation, of physical weakness. His cry, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All of that to Jesus was less than his love for you. He loved you much more than the weight of that suffering. So why does our verse, our passage in verse 24 says, say here, fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ. In modern English, that would be, we need to fill up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Or we are to provide that which the afflictions of Christ had yet to provide. Are you telling us, Eric, Brother Eric, that Christ's sacrifice was not enough? Are you saying that there was something that Jesus failed to do? Are you saying that he stopped short in his suffering? No. Here's the crux of it. Jesus did everything. He suffered plenty for you and I to go to heaven to have our sins forgiven. There's nothing to add to his sacrifice. His sacrifice is sufficient for all of your sins to be forgiven, for all of my sins to be forgiven. There is nothing to add to it for our salvation. However, we are now called also to suffer and to suffer discomfort so that others can hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He did everything necessary to save. We have to do everything necessary to tell. That's the difference. So what is missing in the sufferings of Christ? Nothing for salvation. But our part as his, as his children, as His disciples, as Christians, is to be uncomfortable sometimes and to place some restrictions on ourselves and sometimes to suffer so that others can also hear what Jesus Christ has done for them. I know the gospel is not going to go forward without people willing to suffer, to get it places. 
The gospel will not be spread around the world without some people being willing to suffer for the gospel to get there. There's an old song that says that untold millions are still untold. Today it's really billions. Untold billions are still untold, and it's going to stay that way until I and you and us are willing to suffer to some measure. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to be necessarily something comparable to the sufferings of Christ. But to suffer discomfort and to suffer loss and to suffer hindrances in our lives, to get the message to people who are going to die without Christ and without hope unless we get the message to them. Now, in our text, I see a few motivations to make that choice, to make the choice to personally sacrifice, to personally suffer, to personally sometimes go without, to sometimes say no to myself so that I can say yes to something greater, which is the salvation of people all around the world. Years ago, Brother Christian's family went to Trinidad and saw many people saved in Trinidad. Today, his parents are in Montreal also telling people about Christ. When the Connor family came to start City Baptist Church, and I mean, I'm not sure if they've told you all the stories, but they were sacrifices for them, for people to Vancouver, and their sacrifices that you as a church are making so that the city of Vancouver can hear of Christ. And we need to sacrifice to people in my community, but all of us, we need to sacrifice so people around the world can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want us to notice, first of all here, that we should suffer for the body of Christ, which is the church. Verse 24 says, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. We have to suffer for the body of Christ. You wouldn't have to go very far in Vancouver to find a church somewhere that's going to tell you a lie. That's going to tell you that if you're a Christian, things are going to be good and easy all the time. That if you're, that if you're a Christian, you're never going to be sick. That if you're a Christian, you're never going to feel the financial crunch. That if you're a Christian, you're not going to have problems. That's just not true. Because I am to pattern my life after the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, the Christian life is a life of joy. The Christian life is a life of grace. It's a life of reward. It's the best life there is. But in the Christian life, we are to expect to have a measure of suffering. The difference is it's a meaningful suffering. It's a suffering that accomplishes something about our Lord Jesus, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse 3, that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. When Jesus was suffering, he wasn't like, this is weird. How come this is happening to me? No, he came and he knew he was going to suffer. But why? Because he knew that for Eric Levier to be saved or for you to be saved, for anyone in the world to be saved, to him that was way bigger and more important than his own suffering. Christ suffered because his love was so much greater than his suffering. In the New Testament, there's a beautiful verse in Hebrews 12 and verse number 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and listen to this, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There are some people who will suffer concussions because they want to win a Super Bowl. To them, the joy of holding the Vince Lombardi trophy is bigger to them than a concussion, or many of them. 
For some others, holding the Stanley Cup or getting a gold medal, whatever the case may be, to them it's bigger than the suffering. For Jesus, the joy of having you in heaven with him for eternity was a bigger deal than suffering. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. The joy of providing you with forgiveness of sins, with a new life, with access to heaven, that joy was greater for Jesus than the pain of the cross. The gain was bigger than the pain. The gain was you. The pain was the cross. And the gain was so much bigger than the pain. But that's my example that I'm to follow. That is my pattern. Before we get to the rest of the world, let's talk about City Baptist Church for a moment. Let's talk about East Van. Let's talk about Vancouver. There's a quote that I love that I is going to be on the screen. Community is not just a place for the suffering to find comfort. It is a place for the comfortable to find suffering. Dave Getz said that. What does that mean? That means that as people walk up and down East Hastings, there are women there who, whose husbands are beating them. There are kids whose parents are terrible to them. There are people who are crippled by disease. There's people whose lives or broken by drugs, or by alcohol, or by other things. And as they walk past the, uh, this building, and they walk in here, they ought to find people who are going to care about their suffering. Amen. This needs to be, as any church should be, this needs to be a place where the suffering can find comfort. Right. But the fact of this is a bunch of us this morning that what I just said does not describe. We have it pretty good. We have a job. We have a family. Our husband or wife loves us. We have a place to live. We're free from addictions. Well, the church is also a place where the comfortable need to find suffering. See, I'll be honest with you. There's people in my church that suffer a lot more than I do. They lost their job during COVID. They have a sick child. And as I come to church with my relative comfort, I need to come as a comfortable man willing to suffer. Sometimes in churches, there's women who come on Sunday morning, and you know, when the pastor dismisses the service, she's not super happy to go home because her husband may or may not be drunk. He may or may not be violent. And as a church, we have to be willing to suffer with them. The church, the community of a church, is a place where the suffering find comfort, but also where the comfortable find suffering. But sometimes I come to church and I realize but there's people all around, my, all around my town, my city, all around my world that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's incumbent upon me as a Christian, forget that I'm a pastor, okay, as a Christian to be willing to suffer so that those who are suffering can find comfort, so that those who have not yet heard, that they can hear the message of the gospel. This is a place where we get to come together and choose together to suffer some discomfort for something far greater than that suffering. For the souls of men, of women, of boys and girls, both here and around the world, who have yet to hear of the love of God. But we are to suffer for His body, which is the church. But secondly, we are to suffer, according to verses 26, 27, and 28, we are to suffer for the proclamation of Christ. Paul says in verse 26, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, 
but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Eric Levier must suffer for the proclamation of Christ. Jesus suffered for my salvation. Now it's my turn to suffer for the proclamation of that salvation to others. And, I, you know, I, I almost hesitate to say that. I don't know if you've ever watched a movie where you see Christ crucified. Okay, the movie's not as bad as the real thing was. And as I think of what Jesus suffered for me, and I think of anything I could suffer for him, I don't even want to call it suffering. I'm just going to go with the word discomfort. <laughs> might be more fair. I need to suffer for the proclamation of Christ. And these verses tell us that God desires us to tell the nations about Jesus Christ. Verse 27 says, to whom, that's the pagans, the people who don't know Christ, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. As we're sitting here in Vancouver this morning, I hope that you have Christ in you. If there's a time in your life where you ask the Lord Jesus to forgive your sins and be your Savior, He came into your life. Christ in you, and He is your ticket to glory, okay, to go to heaven. But there's people all around the world who haven't even heard that. There's people in your city who haven't yet heard that. There's people on every continent who are waiting to hear that message. It's a mystery to them. In the Bible, the word mystery it doesn't mean a mystery novel or some movie that's mysterious. It's a truth that is not yet revealed. It's a truth that is not yet understood by people. It's a truth that we have to unpack for them and show them. And it's a mystery to them that there is a Savior, there is a God who loved them so much, as Brother Christian said earlier, who God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. They don't know that. It's still a mystery to them that Christ can come and be in them and forgive their sins and give them new life and take them to heaven when they die. They don't know. And Paul says we got to be willing to suffer to get that message to the world. And again, the, world, the word suffer, when I compare it to the cross of Christ, I, I'm using it this morning, but really what I mean is discomfort, but sometimes maybe even suffering. These verses teach us that God wants the nations to know. And verse 28 tells us our job is to tell them, to preach, to warn them, to teach all nations. Our target is every human being, according to verse 28. 2 Peter 3.9 is a powerful verse. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. God doesn't want anybody in Vancouver to perish. He doesn't want anybody in St. Lucia to perish. He doesn't want anybody in the Gambia, where the Jenkins are, to perish. He doesn't want anyone in Indonesia to perish. He doesn't want anybody in Trinidad to perish, or in Ghana to perish, or in the Philippines to perish, or in China to perish, or in Quebec to perish. He wants all men to be saved. And he suffered and a, a, a great deal for them to be saved. And now he's saying, Eric, and all of us, I want you to be willing to suffer so that they can hear what I did for them. 
I want you to suffer so that they can hear the message. You know, the gospel is not going to go forward unless we get a bit uncomfortable. In the 19th, sorry, in the 1750s, there was a group of Europeans called Moravians who came to Labrador in the northeast coast of Canada, part of Newfoundland now. As the Moravians went there, they sought to win the Inuit people to Christ. But back then, the Inuits and the Europeans, eh, they did not get along at all. And five Moravian missionaries went up farther up the coast to give the gospel to the Inuit, but they never came back. But the Moravians stayed at it, and they suffered the winters, and they suffered the persecution. And as I just said, some of them actually paid with their lives but by the time they were done, there were eight Moravian mission stations established telling the Inuit about Christ, the last of which closed in 2005. And many Inuit came to Christ, but you had to suffer. And I could tell you story after story after story of Christians like you and me who were willing to be uncomfortable and to suffer and to fill what was lacking, if you will, in the sufferings of Christ. Not for salvation, but for the proclamation of that salvation. And who made themselves a little bit uncomfortable physically, and made themselves a bit uncomfortable financially, and made themselves a bit uncomfortable emotionally on their knees in prayer, so that people around the world could hear the gospel. The fact is, Christians were called to suffer for the proclamation of Jesus Christ. But here's an encouraging thought. Third thing is we suffer with Christ. Now, when you suffer for Christ, it's not just you suffering. It's not, you don't have to say, okay, I wonder if I'm strong enough to suffer. It's not about you. Look at verse number 29. It says here, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Which worketh in me mightily. When we make a choice, the choice to suffer for Christ, because there's something far more valuable than our comfort and ease, we get amazing, supernatural support for that suffering. I'm not going to take the time to go there, but if you were to go to Acts chapter 9, we find the conversion of the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Now, Paul was a wicked man before he got saved. He was having people killed. He was having Christians thrown in jail. He was splitting up families, all because he wanted to persecute the church. And on the Damascus road, he had a dramatic encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus from heaven says to him, Saul, Saul. And he doesn't say, why are you making my Christians suffer? He says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? When you and I as Christians suffer, Jesus is inside of us suffering. And he is suffering through us. It was a missionary to Africa, David Livingston, that said this, Lord, send me anywhere. Only go with me. Lay any burden on me. Only, only sustain me. Sever any tie. Save the tie that binds me to your heart. See, when I suffer, I'm not suffering by myself. I'm not suffering in my own strength. Christ in me. The hope of glory. He's the one who is helping me to suffer physically for the gospel to go forward. He's the one sustaining me as I make financial sacrifices so that the gospel can go forward. He's the one sustaining me as I agonize in prayer, as I battle in prayer for the missionaries, because Jesus' heart has never changed. When he went to the cross, he went to the cross so we could be saved. 
And today, as he suffers in us and through us, he is doing it because Luke 19.10 tells us, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Mark 10.45 tells us that the Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for many. So, you know, Christ's motivation hasn't changed. He wants all of Vancouver saved. He wants all of Canada saved. He wants all the world, all 8 billion, 8 point whatever billion of them to be saved. He suffered at the cross because the, our salvation and their salvation was a greater joy and incomparable to his suffering. And now he's saying, I want you, my disciples, to suffer also so that the gospel can go forward in Vancouver, in Asia, in the islands, in Europe, in Canada, all around the world. Now, how do we suffer? Let's just be practical for a moment. If you and I are going to suffer or be this uncomfortable a bit for the gospel to go forward, like what does that look like on Monday to Sunday or Sunday to Saturday? Well, and we can put it up on the screen. We suffer physically. Sometimes we got to go without sleep. Or sometimes we have to physically make an effort so that the people of Vancouver are going to be put face to face with Jesus Christ. Perhaps you're gonna, you could go on a short-term mission trip and go visit a missionary and give time of your life and effort to make the people of that country hear the message of Jesus Christ. Perhaps he's going to use you like he's going to use the coats to go someplace else and go tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. But physically, sometimes we can sacrifice both locally and everywhere else to get the message out. Also, we can sacrifice financially. I mean, my family's policy is this. We took it from Dr. Charles Keene, a mission speaker we heard years ago. Everyone doing something. And everyone doing something more than they've ever done before. See, I want my family in 2020 to sacrifice more than we did in 2019 for the gospel to go forward. And for us to sacrifice financially, to suffer. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put it straight to you. I could have more subscriptions to various streaming services than I do, but I don't. Why? Because I want to give to missions. We could go out to eat more than we do, but we don't because we want to give to missions. I don't know about Canada. I know in the U.S., Christians spend more on dog food than they do on missions. I'm not being funny. I'm being serious. We need to sacrifice and make ourselves a bit uncomfortable. Suffer financially so that people can get the gospel. And that's why you are taking up a faith promise commitment. Because there's people around the world that Jesus loves. That Jesus suffered for. And he is saying, City Baptist Church, could you not be a little uncomfortable for me? Could you not suffer for me? Could you not fill up the sufferings of Christ. Could you not, I suffered so much for the salvation. Could you not suffer to get the message out? And we also suffer emotionally. You know, when you care, you pray. Sometimes I suffer in my mind or in my heart because I keep thinking of something that's bothering me. It robs my sleep and it robs my peace of mind. And then I translate that, if I respond correctly, I translate that into a prayer. But the plight of the billions of people around the world, 
and the millions of people around Vancouver, that ought to bother us. And we can suffer emotionally in prayer. There was a man in India who was a missionary there, and his name was John Hyde, H-Y-D-E. You can read his biography. It's entitled Praying Hyde. And he was known as a prayer warrior. Now, he spent so much time agonizing in prayer for the lost of India, he would sometimes, this may sound insane, and it is, he would spend 18 hours on his knees just praying and praying and praying. But the impact that that man had on India as he literally agonized and suffered in prayer for the people of India. I think he suffered. I think he filled the suffering of Christ. I think he suffered to get the message out. Now, we are called to fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ or to complete what is left after all the suffering that Christ did. Our motive is not for salvation. Okay, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's nothing you need to suffer to be saved. Christ did everything necessary for all of your sins to be forgiven. All you have to do is to admit that you're a sinner, to confess it, to tell Him, yes, I am a sinner. I am guilty before you, O God. But I trust and I know and I believe that everything that Jesus suffered, his death and resurrection for me, is everything necessary for me to be saved. And just put your confidence, your trust in him. Ask him to save you, and he will. You don't have to suffer to be saved. But as Christians, we're called to have that attitude of being willing to accept suffering and discomfort for a greater cause than our suffering. What's that cause? That cause is so that folks will hear what Jesus did for them so that folks will come to know the Jesus that suffered and died and rose for them. We are to fill up what is behind the afflictions of Christ. Are you saved today? I mean, if today was to be your last, if today was to be the day where you take your last breath, would you wake up in heaven? That's where God wants to be. He did everything necessary for you to go there. Do you know that you're saved, that your sins are forgiven? Now, if you're here and you say, yeah, I do know that, how are you, how's your suffering going? What kind of discomfort are you accepting and honestly inviting into your life so that others can hear? Are you taking any time in your week to tell people about Christ? Are you taking any time in your week to help the people in City Baptist Church who might be suffering and suffering for the body of Christ? Are you suffering at all in prayer and suffering at all physically and suffering at all financially so that those who still don't know Jesus Christ can know him too? That's what we're called to do because of the greatness of what Christ has done for us. How's your suffering going? And let's just be clear. It is so worth it. So worth it because what Christ has done for us is so much greater than our ease, than our comfort. And we should be willing to suffer. We hope that today's message was a help and encouragement to you in your walk with God. To stay connected with us, give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at Van City Baptist. Our prayer is that God will grow and bless you as you pursue His will for your life.